welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. In big church, we need to open up our Bibles to the book of Exodus. We're going to look at two different scripture passages today. We're in the book of Exodus, and we're also going to flip over to the New Testament book of Mark. And you're going to want to turn to the both of them. This today, this sermon ends a sermon series on prayer. And this one is about uh, really the Lord speaking to us in using burning bush. Burning bush, I'm going to try to explain what is a burning bush in your personal life. You want to walk out of here thinking, okay, God is getting my attention through this burning bush, through the circumstances, through this event, how he's trying to speak to me. And then in a little bit, we'll flip over and look in, uh, in Mark chapter 12. So you're in Exodus 2.23, Mark 12.26. Starting next week, I'm beginning a sermon series that it just piggybacks on this one. It's going to be called In Between. And what it's about, when Moses left slavery and led the people out of Egypt and brought all the Israel's lights out, they were planning on going straight up into the promised land, which would have been about a one, maybe two week journey up into the Canaan. Well, it didn't last one or two weeks. It lasted 40 years. So they found themselves in the desert for 40 years. 40 years. And that period, God was teaching them. And what it's going to be about, it's going to be about six weeks long. We'll have some interruptions because we have D-Now weekend in there in March. But what it's about is, in our life, a lot of time, you've left slavery. Slavery in the Bible is sin. Slavery is in bondage to the devil. Slavery is when you are just trapped and Jesus Christ sets us free from slavery. We're no longer uh, bound, by, bound by sin anymore. Christ has set us free. But in many ways, we have not reached the promised land. We're not in heaven. You aren't, haven't arrived to where you want to go spiritually. So you're kind of in this in-between section right here. You're not in slavery, but you're not in the promised land. And, you're just, and Moses spends 40 years uh, in, in this spot. It's kind of like, Moses, when he went to, uh, uh, he found himself in this Sinai wilderness, he just thought it was going to be a week or two. Some of you probably came to Lexington at some point for a job, and you thought maybe in your 20s, I'm just going to rent a house here for a year or two, and I'm going to move out because I don't really have that long, I don't plan on being in this city for very long, and here you've been here 20, 30, 40 years, and you're thinking, I wasn't planning on staying in this town this long. And you found yourself in Lexington, this community might be your wilderness. You're in this in-between. You've always been longing to go to home back, wherever, back where yonder was, but you're not there yet. You want to go back there, but you're here. And this is where you're at. And instead of longing for these places you're not at, God wants to work in your life where you're at today. So that's what we're going to be talking about the next six weeks. But we're not next week's uh, sermon. To this week, we're talking about the burning bush, which will be setting up for what's about to happen the next six weeks. You're in your Bible here, and you're in the book of Exodus, Old Testament book, and you want to follow along in this passage. Exodus chapter 2. And what happens here? There's a man named Moses. Moses was a little baby, and the Hebrews, what had happened? The uh, Hebrew people, during the time of Joseph, he was a very good saver of his money. In fact, I'm preaching on that tonight, about saving your money. 
uh, how important that is. Well, Joseph was a saver. God revealed to him and says, Joseph, you need to save for seven years. There's going to be a lot of good years, but instead of going out and spending that money, you need to save your money and save up. But they didn't have money like we have money. They had grain. So they're saving their grain. Well, then there were seven bad years. So what happened, all the people in the world had to go to Egypt to get food because there was a great famine in the land. And Joseph, because he was a saver, he had saved up all of this grain. So even his family, his dad is named Jacob. He had these 11 brothers. They came down from the promised land, the land of Canaan. They came down there and they got grain. They got food. They received uh, food to eat. And what happened was uh, they didn't just stay there. They probably just thought they were going to be there a few weeks, maybe a few months. <laughs> a few months, a few weeks ended up being 400 years. So they found themselves in Egypt for 400 years. Well, the Pharaoh that brought down uh, Joseph that he worked under was very kind to Joseph and his family. Well, 400 years go by and people come and go. There's new Pharaohs that rise up. Well, the new Pharaoh was not kind to the Hebrews. In fact, he, put them in sl- he made them slaves. He was rough with them. They were working the fields. They were taking care and making bricks. They were doing all the work to make Egypt such a powerful nation that it was. They were the engine behind Egypt's greatness. And what happened was uh, Egypt was, uh, the Pharaoh was oppressing the people. So then what happened was when Moses was born, the Pharaoh realized we're getting all these Hebrew babies born. So they were told to throw the babies in the Nile River. Well, Moses' mother, put Moses' mom and dad put him in a little a basket and sailed them down the Nile River. And Pharaoh's daughter happened to be out, perfect timing by the Lord, taking a bath. And here's a baby crying, floating down the river. And Moses means for, pulled out of the water. So Moses was pulled out of the river. And this is Pharaoh's daughter. Next thing you know, Moses finds himself for his first 40 years of his life, Moses' life is broken down into three sections. His first 40 years of his life, he lived in luxury and wealth. He lived in, under Pharaoh. He lived in the palace. He had everything he wanted. Fine food, great education. He knew it all. But he was not an Egyptian. He was a Hebrew. And he uh, was raised uh, uh, with the best possible education. But then one day when Moses was 40 years old, do you ever know know anybody with a temper? Anybody lost their temper? Moses had a temper. When he was 40 years old, he saw some injustice. And injustice causes us to lose our temper. He saw someone uh, getting abused, and he went and beat the guy up so bad, the man died. He lost, he became angry, and he killed someone. Well, he buried the body in the sand. It's very easy in the desert to bury bodies. You just dig them, put them in the ground real quick. And, but he thought nobody saw him, but someone did see him. And he thought, uh-oh, I have been seen. Well, then he fled. I want to show you. I've got a map up here on the screen. Sound team, if y'all put a map up on the screen of where he fled to. This happened in an area. See all the top left corner where it says Egypt up there? That's the main part of Egypt there. Well, he had to leave Egypt. Moses did when he was 40 years old. And he had to get out of Egyptian uh, territory because he is now becoming a fugitive because he he knows if he would have got caught, back in those days, if you murder someone, the way you saw, the way you, uh, you would, if you get, if you murdered someone, you yourself would get murdered. I'm sure crime would go down in our country if it happened that way, if that was the punishment, but uh, that's how it was back then. 
So Moses realized how he had to get out of town. So he fled to this area, the Sinai Peninsula there, that was managed in, uh, by Egypt. He went all the way over to this area called current-day Saudi Arabia called Midian. And that's in the true wilderness. There is nothing there but sand. It's just a desert. It's just sand. And it's just middle nowhere. So he found himself in Midian when he was 40 years old. He goes and he f- meets a, um, uh, a wife. And his wife, her name is Zipporah. And then her dad is named Jethro. I mean, that's how, I'm from Alabama. That's what, we, I don't know if we know anybody here around here named Jethro, but down Bama, that's a, that's a Bama name. And it's like the Beverly Hilbert. Who names their children Jethro? But uh, Moses' father-in-law was named Jethro. Moses is now 40 years old, and he starts to work for his father-in-law. Now remember, he grew up in the palace, and he finds him where he took a demotion in life. He became a shepherd for his father-in-law. And him and his wife Zipporah had a son named Gershom. And that was his life for the next 40 years. So from the age of 40 to 80, Moses is a shepherd in this little wilderness called Midian watching sheep for his father-in-law. I mean, he went from the greatest place on earth to the middle of nowhere. And when he was 80 years old, something happens. God is going to send a burning bush in his life to get his attention. Now, we think about people who are 80 years old. I mean, you think about President Biden right now. President Joe Biden, he's 81 years old. Could you imagine Joe Biden having a burning bush experience saying, hey, Joe, your life is now about to start. But for right here for Moses, in many ways, when he was 80, that's when everything's about to begin. Most people who are 80 are not thinking about, all right, my career of being a disciple is about to take off. That's what happened with Moses. His third section in life is from years 80 to 120. The Bible actually says Moses, he died when he was 120 years old, and he was full of vigor and vitality. I mean, he was just a a strong man. I mean, the Lord had strengthened this guy. Even at 120 years old, he was still going when he died. And uh, he was actually the only guy in the Bible says that the Lord buried him. So nobody knows where Moses is buried, but uh, the Lord buried Moses. But we're about to see what's about to occur. And what's interesting about Moses when he was 80, he had never met the Lord at this point. He had never had an experience with God. I mean, he had never spoke to the Lord and I wanted y'all to know, remember a few weeks ago how I preached on how Moses knew the Lord face to face? How God spoke to him, he knew him personally? That didn't even start till he was 80. Like his first experience with the Lord, he's an old man. Like, so if you're an elderly guy here right now or gal, you're probably thinking my life's in sunset years. Well, for Moses, this literally is just starting when he's 80. I mean, he's just about to meet the Lord, and you've got a great, great future ahead for you. So we never say we're too old to serve and follow the Lord. So that's where we're going to pick up right here. This is the burning bush experience. You're in your Bible, Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. After a long time, the king of Egypt died. That's Pharaoh. That means things are changing. The nice Pharaoh became the mean Pharaoh. The Pharaoh of compassion shifted after 400 years and became the Pharaoh of slavery. The Israelites groaned because of their difficult labor. 
they cried out. And their cry for help because of the labor, or the difficult labor, ascended to God. So God is now hearing His people cry. They're realizing it is tough in Egypt for the Hebrew people. God heard their groaning, and God remembered His covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Those are the patriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the Israelites, and God knew. That phrase, God knew, right there, that meant God knows the greatest need of His people. They were in slavery. They were working all the time. They were tired. They were abused. They were beat down. They were longing for more. They realized we're not in the promised land. This is not, the, this is not where we need to be. They realized they're in a spot that they don't need to be in. And God realized too, He had a covenant that He made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God knew it's time to start doing something. And that's what we're about to see right here. Verse Chapter 3, verse 1. Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding. That meanwhile, here we find ourselves when we're 80 years old and we're shepherding. It's a new life. Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. Jethro was a priest. He was a religious man. So Moses is marrying, uh, marrying somebody whose daddy was a preacher. Now, he, this, he was not a priest of Yahweh in the Old Testament. He was a priest of whatever pagan religion of that time. So Jethro did not worship the Lord. But God uses Jethro. We're going to see here. God can use all sorts of people in our lives to teach us. So he's, his, Jethro here, he's a priest in Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Sound I want y'all to put my map back up there. I want to show you what, where we're talking about. So we're in Midian, and you see, we're over in this land, is where typically where Moses is watching his sheep. But it says here in this verse we just read, that one day he went far away from Midian. And it says he went uh, to this area called Horeb, the mountain of God. So in order to get that, he had to, he's looking for, when he, you know, he's probably got thousands of sheep that he's watching. And he has to find, when you're, a sh- when you're a shepherd in the desert, I'm sure it's challenging to find some grass for your animals to eat. So he had to probably go long distances to find food for the, for the sheep to eat, because I'm sure they want to eat a lot. So they actually went up that little gulf right there, around uh, the, where the Sinai plains, and started coming down. If you can see that map, it says there's a place called Jabal Musa, that's an Arabic name, which means traditional Mount Sinai. That means Moses went a long way. He went back into the Egyptian-owned territory. But remember, it had been 40 years since, uh, you know, since he had left Egypt, so they probably aren't out actively looking for him. He's thinking, you know, they wouldn't even recognize me. All the pharaohs have changed, and I'm just a shepherd in the middle of the desert looking for a patch of grass for these sheep. So he's probably several weeks away from his hometown. He's in this area called Mount Horeb. This is also going to be known as Mount Sinai through our Bible. Many things happened at this site. And God kept bringing His people back to this site, Mount Sinai. What happened at Mount Sinai was God is going to introduce Himself to Moses. And also at Mount Sinai, God is going to give the Ten Commandments. The first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, 
Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they were given to Moses at Mount Sinai right there. Elijah, when he was scared to death when he was going to die back in the book of 1 Kings, he was frightened for his life from Queen Jezebel. He ran for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai because he wanted to meet with God. He said, God, I just need to have an experience with you. And then God asked him, says, what are you doing here? Like, why did you run 40 days and 40 nights all the way down here from Israel so you could meet with me? Sometimes in our life, we're drawn back to the place where we meet with the Lord because there's this yearning to know the Lord. So there's a Mount Sinai experience that's about to happen, and it starts right here. So look in your Bibles. Verse 2. So here we are a long way in the wilderness. Verse 2. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame within a bush. So God all of a sudden is getting Moses' attention through a bush. Moses has probably seen thousands and hundreds of thousands of bushes in his life. An 80-year-old man who wanders around in the wilderness has probably seen a lot of bushes. So here is a new bush he has seen. He sees this bush. And look what it says about this bush. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame and a fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. The bush is on fire. We're in the middle of the desert and the bush is on fire. But this bush isn't burning up. He's looking closer and it's just, it's just going fine. It's like, wow, these bushes here in Mount Sinai, they catch on fire and they don't even burn. It's like a Duraflame log that just keeps on burning forever. It never even ends. It just goes on and on and on. He's staring at it and says, it's, it's God is getting his attention here. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? Like, why is the bush not burning up? What's going on here? This is something that doesn't fit with uh, the logic of the world and biology. Bushes that are on fire should, like, go burn up. But this one's not burning up. God is speaking to him. This is at Mount Sinai, this bush. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from the bush. Moses, Moses, he's getting his attention. Moses walking forward. It's like God's fishing, got him on a hook, and he sees, okay, Moses is going to start walking a little closer to a bush. And then the bush starts speaking. So for us, we need to say, okay, is a bush burning in our life? Is a voice speaking? The bush is speaking to Moses. And Moses has never spoken to the Lord before. This is his first encounter. And the first thing he, Moses says, here I am. He says, I've never spoke to a bush. And so he starts talking to the bush. <coughs> and look at these first two commands that God is very clear about giving to Moses. Before God, Moses at the point doesn't realize he's talking to the Lord. He's talking to a bush. And the first thing that the bush says to him, don't come any closer, just stop, freeze. You, you're, you're close enough. You don't need to keep walking to the bush. Do not come any closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place you are standing is holy ground. Moses, stop walking towards the bush, and second, it's time to take your shoes off. Moses, God, doesn't he introduce himself? He says, you are now in the presence of God, and the first thing we're going to do, you're not coming too close, and you're going to take your shoes off. You know, think about the desert. Have you ever been to the beach? 
and it's really hot outside, and you, take your, you forget your flip-flops or your flip-flop breaks or your sandal breaks, you're on the sand, and it's, it burns your feet if you don't have good callous feet. Now, some of you, if you're outside all the time and you're running around sand, you just walk on anything. But if you're like me and you're not used to going around barefoot on the sand and blazing hot, you're standing there and your feet are on fire. I bet Moses' feet, who knows, maybe Moses had a callous feet, an 80-year-old man, but his feet could have been burning when God said, you take off your sandals. And he's standing there with no shoes on and he can't get too close to the burning bush. And the Lord is about to introduce himself for the first time. To Moses, And this introduction we're about to read is actually quoted by Jesus. Of all the stories about Moses and the burning bush, Jesus takes us to this introduction because it tells us who God is. Look what it says in verse 6 here. Then he continued, this is the Lord speaking, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. He said, I am the Lord. And I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses begins to hide his feet, face. Do you know what's amazing about that? Moses hid his face. But in chapter, Exodus chapter 33, 30 chapters later, several months later, Moses is actually meeting with God face to face. So a lot of times, the first time you meet with God, maybe you're new to church, you're, you're here hiding. But in a few months, a few years, you're not going to be hiding from God. You're going to be meeting with God face to face. That's what happened to Moses. Moses is about to become a true disciple of the Lord. And if, but his first, this is his initial call, he is scared to death. He does not understand this. Now, keep your finger here in Exodus chapter 3. Flip over in your Bible to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Because Jesus told us this story. There's a story here that Jesus, he got a question from this group called the Sadducees. The Sadducees did not believe in what we call the resurrection. When we pass away, we experience new life with Christ. They didn't believe that. So what happened was they came up with this story. Because in the Old Testament, what happened, if you were married to a man, and he had a bunch of brothers, and say the man you were married to, say he died at a young age, and then you became a young widow, the brothers were supposed to take you in as a wife, not so much for sexual relations and pleasure, but for just taking care of you. It was widow care. And what happened here was they asked a question to Jesus. They said, you know what? What if there was a a woman, she married a man, then he died. And he had a brother, she married the brother, and he died. And he, he had a total of seven brothers. All seven of these men she married. And she would just burn through each man. I mean, she one, she married him, died. Married him, died. At the resurrection, Whose husband is she? Because after all, she married all seven men. And Jesus said, what a silly question. Like, that is ridiculous. But he actually answered it. And that's what the answer is he gave. It's in verse 26. Look here. Mark 12, 26. As for the dead being raised, haven't you read in the book of Moses? In the passage about the burning bush. That's what we just read there. Jesus telling us. How God said to him, how God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. That phrase, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. 
He did not say, I was the God of Abraham. What Jesus is saying, Abraham might not be alive on earth, but he's alive in heaven, and I'm still his God. So what happens is God, whether you're dead or alive, he's still the Lord. He's actually the Lord over the dead. So what he's saying, Jesus, is even in heaven, and he's telling Moses, Moses, even you don't might not see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they're right up here in heaven with me. I'm still their God. So whether we're alive on earth or we've passed away and we're in heaven, the Lord is still the Lord. That's what he's saying. He's introducing himself. I'm the Lord of the past, and I'm the Lord of now, and I'm the Lord of the future. Say, these, these patriarchs, they're still with me. I talked to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's how he introduces himself. God, the, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's not like they cease to exist. They're still there with the Lord in heaven. And that's why he says there, I am the God. So that's his name. Say, I am present with them now. Just like he was present with Moses. Now, what happens here in verse 7 is Moses is about to receive his instructions. We're back in Exodus chapter 3 in your Bibles. And he's about to tell him what to do. And what's amazing about these instructions, we're not going to get into all of Moses' lame excuses, but Moses gave every reason why he can't do it. But this, this, his plan actually never changed. God laid out from a bush a 40-year plan for Moses. And for the next 40 years, nothing changed from this plan. It just continued on as exactly what was going to happen. So that's what we're about to read here now. Last few verses here. Verse 7. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their suffering. I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from the land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. In the territory of the Canaanites, Hethites, Amorites, Prezites, Hizzites, and Jebusites. So what, what the, those are peoples that lived in the promised land. The promised land was promised to the Hebrew people, but now all these other people are living in that land. And God just said, Moses, I understand you, all my people are now in slavery right now in Egypt. There's a million and a half of them. But I'm going to take them out of that land and I'm going to lead them to the promised land. He says, this is where we're going. We're going from slavery to the promised land. Now remember, a bush is talking to Moses from a fire. That's where we're getting our instructions. Moses is having a conversation with a burning bush. We're getting the plan for the next 40 years. So, and it says there in verse 9, So because the Israelites' cry for help has come to me, and I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them, Therefore, go, Moses. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. That's his plan. Moses just was told from a burning bush that he was going to be the one to lead his people out of slavery and into the promised land. A burning bush told him that. A voice was speaking from that bush. That was Moses' plan for the next 40 years. Now, tying this, let's say, Pastor, how does this apply to my life? Does a, a burning bush speak to you? Now, I want you to understand, what would a burning bush be like today? A burning bush is not the process. 
God is actually revealing the very beginning step. The process is they had, let me think about the next 40 years. They had to go through the Red Sea. They had to wander around and fight different groups and get bit by snakes. I mean, there was all sorts of stuff that happened before they went. In fact, all the people had to die off because they complained so much. We had to have water from a rock. All these things had to happen before they got to the promised land. But God started this with a burning bush. A burning bush is at the very beginning of when God gets your attention and say, you're going to do this. This is your way. I mean, I think about burning bush for us, our family's life. It was probably about 2012. God told us to start the adoption process. Now that process took two years to adopt Esther. That was a burning bush experience. That was something that it wasn't like all of a sudden we knew at the very beginning of that, two years later we were going to have Esther from China. No, we had paperwork, classes, it was a mess. I mean, you had to go through all these hoops to jump through to get eventually to that point. But the burning bush is at the beginning when God tells you, this is what you're going to do. And for a lot of times of spirits for us, a burning bush, it's not so much who you're going to marry. Some of you single folks, it's okay, you're going to get married. And you're going to start preparing yourself for that. I mean, you think about it. If you're a young person, you need to be praying, God, I know one day I'm going to get married. I know one day I'm going to be a mother. I know one day I'm going to be a father. I'm realizing this is going to come at one point in my life. What am I doing now to prepare for what's going to happen? Moses at this point, remember, he is just standing there with his shoes off, by the way, or sandals, talking to a bush that's telling him you're going to go. He knows no details. All he knows, I'm going to Pharaoh, and I don't know how this is going to happen, but I just, Pharaoh, just let the people go. I've got to take them over yonder. Like, there's so many unanswered questions, but the Lord is just saying, from a burning bush, this is what you're going to do. It's the very first starting place. But what happens a lot of times is we, God tries to get our attention from a burning bush and for whatever reason, we just put our shoes back on and walk away. And we miss it. And you're wondering, God, why am I not, why am I not seeing anything? Why has nothing happened in my life? When the bush is speaking to you at the very beginning, he's, God will tell you the finished product. Is very, the finished product, you're, eventually you're going to get married and be a, a parent and a family and you raise a family. But you're not, that's way down yonder. You're just right here at the very beginning. Very beginnings, I need to start becoming a godly man, godly woman, preparing myself to meet somebody and eventually one day get married. Spiritually prepare myself. A lot of us just are not, we're not, we're not even there yet. Mentally to the point of accepting God is speaking to you through a burning bush. Like going back to that adoption story that our daughter Esther, it, that, took, that was a two-year paperwork nightmare. I mean, it just drug on and on. When you decide to do something like that, you've committed for 24 months. A commitment to the Lord is not a one day, say, that was a great burning bush, move on. No, you make a commitment. It might be a, it's a commitment for life, what you're doing. But it starts with a bush burning. And for your salvation, that is a burning bush. Some of you need to be saved. You need to hear this message. Because God is speaking to you. God has a plan for you. And when you see these type of messages, 
you walk away. You literally put your shoes on and say, God, I'm too busy. I got to get back to the sheep. I got to get back to Jethro. I got to go back around the little, little map to head back over to Midian. It's been, a, it's been a little too long. And we walk away from a burning bush. And we're wondering, God, why is my life dormant? Why am I just going through this? A burning bush is step one. They kept coming back. Moses and the Israelites, they all kept coming back. In the history of their life, they kept coming back to this mountain. This is Mount Sinai. This is where the Ten Commandments came. This is where God, God actually killed a lot. This is where the golden calf occurred. Where they, There was a massacre at this mountain too. But it all kept coming back to the place where God first revealed himself. And in your life spiritually, you look back and say, when I have a burning bush experience, God is going to get my attention. He's telling me, this is what I need to do. I want to invite our band. Why don't you all come forward at this time? We're going to have our invitation. I've been talking about baptism earlier. If you want to get baptized, uh, you'll come down front and take my hand. We'll get baptized right now. And then I want to introduce you. We're just going to get a little group, and we're going to walk around the corner. We'll get back up there, and we'll need about five minutes. And we will get into our baptism clothes, and we'll have a baptism. That is what it means to follow the Lord. If you want to get baptized, you can do that in the next five minutes. So we're going to have our invitation. Some of you might not need to be baptized. You just need to join our church. For whatever reason, you're not a member, and you should be a member here. It's a wonderful Bible-believing church for your family. And you need to make Broadway your church home. For It's easy to walk away and say, it's not for me, I'll come another day what are we waiting for what was Moses waiting for a second burning bush a third burning bush I mean where does it end Moses spoke to the Lord with the shoes off and God is telling him exactly what to do so if you need to get baptized if you need to join our church now's our time to follow Lord so let's stand together myself and Zach will be waiting down front you respond to the Lord this morning